Hello everyone and welcome back to Languages Week. I hope you've been enjoying our week so far and for this special edition I'm speaking to Janset who has a Turkish background who's here to talk to us today a bit about Turkish and the languages around Turkish because they're all very interconnected. But to start, hello Janset, how are you? Hi Georgie, I'm uh, more than fine yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it. So let's start with You were born and raised in Turkey, right? So how long did you spend in Turkey before coming to Australia? Mm -hmm. Yes, so I was um, born in Ankara, the, the capital, and I was in Turkey uh, till uh, 2007, so till I was about um, seven. Um, and I, yes, so I, after that I came to Australia when I was seven and... Um, yes, English was my second language, actually, yeah. Wow, wow. Did you find, as a kid, did you find English hard to learn? Oh, definitely, mm. um, because they are very different languages. Very different. Um, but uh, because I, I was young, uh, you know, your brain's like a sponge when no, you're, you're young. Yes, yes, so that... Um, Uh, it didn't take too long to learn, but yes, I remember I was using sign language uh, at times <laughs> and trying to gesture gesture to things. Um, so it was a bit of a rocky road, but I got, got through there. it. Yes. You got there. Yes. So would you say that Turkish for you is mainly spoken at home and stuff and speaking to relatives? Yes, yes. So I only speak Turkish at home with my family, um, but yeah, um, and uh, if a few of my Turkish friends, I don't have many. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, outside of that, it's just, um, yeah, just at home. Yeah. Is um, out of interest, is there a huge Turkish community in Melbourne? There is, there is. Um, and I'm aware they do like um, events, uh, cultural events and things like that. Um, But yes, uh, it can take a while to integrate into those communities. Yeah, sure. definitely, definitely. So let's get into some of the nitty gritty of, course. of Turkish. So mm -hmm. I guess the main thing is to start is, what would you say is the most different thing about Turkish compared to English? Like if there's one thing that you can pinpoint or just even just start with, would you say it's the tenses? Would you say, do you guys have verb conjugations, the word order or like, What would be so difficult for an English speaker to learn Turkish that's so, so different from English? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. I can list a few things. Um, I would say one of the um, biggest differences is that Turkish is an agglutinative language. So that's like a big fancy word, but that basically means... Um, The meaning of a word can be understood by breaking it down to a base word and its word endings. So mm. uh, because of this, in Turkish, there can be some very long words. Mm. Uh, I wonder what the long, like the record for the longest Turkish uh -huh. word is. Actually, I, I'm going to Google that whilst you keep going. Of course. And you may not even have to Google it. <gasps> I you already it. Googled it yourself. You're <laughs> yes. prepared. Yes. I love that. Um, so I could, um, yes, try to say it. I may butcher it. but um, Good luck. Yes. So this is the longest word in Turkish um, used in a text and it has 70 letters. Um, 70, oh my god. Yes, yes. It's derived from the noun, um, so this is the base word, muvafakiyet, which means mm -hmm. success. 
and uh, I'll say it, the, the whole Good luck. thing. Good you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> so it's, it starts off like this. You didn't even, you didn't take a breath. No, you don't. Oh my God. <laughs> you don't when you say this, really. It's so, uh, no. uh-huh. You would need, you need to take, okay, quickly before this conversation. <gasps> just to get, just get the word out. Oh my gosh, it's so long. Yes. Oh, it's, um, it's, uh. And the meaning is also very uh, weird. It's a bit interesting. It mm-hmm. uh, um, translates to, and you say this in many words in English, whereas it's just one word in Turkish. It translates to, as though you are from those whom we may not be able to easily make into a maker of unsex- unsuccessful ones. So, I don't even know what that means that in English. I don't even. I don't <laughs> that, know. That is so hyper specific. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. like, no, nah, Turkish is like, nah, that's uh-huh. one word. Uh-huh. That yeah. is one word. Yeah. But that that is really cool, uh-huh. though. Uh-huh. That is really cool. Yes. So does, would you say that means that the language has a lot of creativity then? Ah, uh, yes, definitely. And you'd have to, um, sometimes you really have to think before you say, because um, you have to think about the Uh, the preceding, you know, uh, prefixes, suffixes, like all the um, different um, uh, words that you add to make that meaning. Um, Whereas in English, you can just use many words to say the same thing. So I think that's one thing that um, people who may be coming from an English background and then learning Turkish, they would probably find that to be the hardest. Um, but yes, other than that, there's the um, the the language order. So in, in Turkish, it's subject, object, verb order. Yeah. Directly opposite uh, English. Um, and also uh, there's, uh, I guess, the vowel harmonies that could be difficult. And also um, there's a lack of grammatical gender. So there's no gender in Turkish, which I find to be That's awesome. Nice. That's yeah. nice. So, like, mm-hmm. compared to someone who started learning a romance language, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. sounds like a dream. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, we've got to worry about the prefixes and the suffixes, uh-huh. but uh-huh. guess what? There's no gender. Uh-huh. Yay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I, I think you're referring to French. I then. am. Yes. I am. I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So then that's interesting then. So would you – wait, does – what alphabet is Turkish currently using? Uh-huh. That is so. Uh, Turkey um, the uh, uses the um, Turkish uses the Latin script writing system with accents or without accents. Uh, there are accents. Yes, mm-hmm. so I'll get into those a bit as well. Awesome. But, yeah, but actually, this writing uh, system, the Latin script. Um, was brought in under the writing reform in 1928. So it um, it was part of um, Ataturk's uh, program of modernization to achieve uh, uh, dem- democratization and secularization of the language. Before this, Turkish was written in the Arabic script. And until the 15th century, the Anatolian Turks used the Uyghur Uga script to write Turkish so this was wow there's been three alphabet changes wow quite a few changes definitely and um the 
if we get into the nitty gritties, uh, mm. Turkish has eight wa- vowels. Mm. Um, so, you know, a, there's the A, E, I, O, U. But um, we say, for example, we say A, E, U, I, O, E, U, U. These are some of the ones. And 20 consonants. Um, some of the different ones in here are, so if we have for C, we have J, and we also have CH. Um, for G, we have G and also U. Um, Wait, that, that's also a G sound. Yes, G. Yeah, with, a, with, an, um, with an accent. So it has uh, a different, yeah. um, maybe it has a, a hat, we say. Maybe or a, a little hat. A little tail. Um, yes, and the S is, uh, we have S or SH as well. So it's, there's some different um, sounding things in yeah, there. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. there's a variety. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that, Turkish is phonetic. Like, if you could read 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 a book mm-hmm. that and you stumble across a word you've never seen before, and I imagine that's actually quite a lot, seeing mm-hmm. as how many suffixes and prefixes you can add on and create a whole bunch mm-hmm. of words. Mm-hmm. Is it quite phonetic to read? Oh yes, I would definitely say um, you can uh, you can speak some you can say something the way you read it. Um, uh, so it's usually, it's very uh, simple in that regard. I know this is actually something I struggled with when I was learning English in that you don't always... It's not phonetic. Yep, yep. So... Uh, I, as a native English speaker, uh-huh. I struggled with it. Yeah. Like I, had, I had to, because um, what I was taught in kindergarten was, oh, you just mm-hmm. sound it out. Mm-hmm. You don't sound it out. That's not how spelling works in English. Yep, yep. Like, no, sorry, continue. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I, I 100% agree because it was, um, yes, something I struggled with myself. And um, I think maybe on the good side for people who would be interested in learning Turkish, yeah. being phonetic would be helpful. Would be yeah. so nice, so yeah. nice. So getting into some of the tenses, mm-hmm. because... English, like, okay, if you've got Chinese, mm-hmm. which only do, doesn't really have tenses and they kind of just use le mm-hmm. um, to indicate stuff. And then you've got French on the other end and some of the other Romance languages that really do like to have a few more than English mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and be quite specific about it. Does Turkish have any other tenses that English doesn't have or do they have more tenses or less tenses or what's what's the tense situation mm-hmm. in Turkish? That's uh, interesting. I... Hmm, I wouldn't know what it's called, um, you know, in, in the linguistics terms. That's or all anything. good. You can you can just give an uh-huh. example. That that's uh-huh. all it needs. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's usually like the um, tense, um, like the you refer to. We we don't really have we don't really have a word that. Directly. Oh, like direct articles? Yes, yes, yes. So we wouldn't have... It sort of follows um, when you say a noun or something. Like it, usually it follows through from that. Um, and uh, we well, we may say or, but the or is like that. Mm. Um, but uh, I think that's the common one. But there's no um, word that's directly translates into Turkish as the, I would say. Yeah, yeah, so it sounds like you guys don't really have a direct object pronoun, I mm. think is the linguistics term for that. So, for instance, in English and in French before, especially in French, like I can't just say that, you know, oh, 
I study chemistry. Mm-hmm. Normally, mm-hmm. you really would need to put like, oh, I study the chemistry uh-huh. in in French um, mm-hmm. because they they like their direct object pronouns. Oh, okay. Or also in English, a direct object pronoun could be. Um, when you're referring to something that's already been referred to, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to avoid repetition, like I might say, "Oh, um, yeah, the water bottle over there," mm-hmm. and someone will be like, "Oh, where is it?" Oh, yeah, it's over there. So mm-hmm. I replace the water bottle with it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that can be the direct object pronoun, mm-hmm. which is really really cool. So you guys don't you guys don't have the no you guys no. don't have the no, no. that's interesting. <laughs> Do you guys have a like a and n? Um, A and N. Because that, that's the indirect object pronoun. Like, would you have, like, in a sentence, would you have to say, oh, yeah, I ate an apple? Mm. Or how would that, how would, would you, ha- would you, do you need that A there? That no, there? no, no, we, no, we, um, don't, so we, you, I think we just say, um, so I ate an apple would be, uh, elma yedim, uh, which is just, el- elma, apple, yedim, ate. Uh, like no I no uh, well you could say um, I ate an apple but um, ban elmayedim it sounds a bit awkward yeah it's sort interesting. of yeah it, that just actually reminds me of uh, Japanese um, from and she also speaks a bit of Japanese very people. little very sukoshi sukoshi very <laughs> little um, but yes they also um, don't use the I sort of um, um, you don't really have to use I at the start of a sentence. You can directly say and it will follow on that you're referring to yourself. Gather it by context. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, it, I ate an apple. Interesting. Yeah. So Turkish doesn't look like it has its direct or indirect objects. That's oh. really cool. That's really interesting. Mm. Um, so I think – you, have you now – for people listening, Genset has been awesome and has prepared a whole bunch of stuff for this interview. <laughs> so is there any stuff that I haven't covered grammatically before we get into um, exploring the Turkish language outside of Turkey that you would love to cover? Oh, I think grammatically wise, we are all good for that front. We're all good yes, to go. Well, yes. then let's dive into uh, this old conversation we have because mm-hmm. it, was, it was so cool that mm-hmm. Turkish in Turkey is quite mm-hmm. a modern form mm-hmm. of Turkish, mm-hmm. but the Turkish that's still been spoken in other countries is quite, I don't want to say old fashioned because it is an old fashioned, mm-hmm. but it isn't at the modern level that mm-hmm. current Turkish in Turkey is. So mm-hmm. I'd love if you could speak on the difference in Turkish spoken in Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. Or I think, doesn't Georgia speak a little bit of it as well? Uh, or some of the countries that mm-hmm. Turkish is also spoken in? Or even mm-hmm. the surrounding languages because mm-hmm. that's another combo too. Mm-hmm. I, Georgia, I believe they have their own the language. They might be a minority language uh, there, but yes, I I'm sh- certainly sure for Azerbaijan, they have the Azerbaijani um, Turkish. and uh, But yes, it's very interesting um, because, yes, yeah, so when I talk about Turkish, um, I'm usually talking about the standardised uh, variety based on the di- dialect of Istanbul because mm. even um, if I were to uh, delve into the other dialects, there are around 200 um, wow. Turkish dialects in Turkey in alone. Turkey. Yes. How how intelligible are they? So, like, let's just say you mm. went out of the city uh-huh. and you went to I don't know a southern beach, uh, the Black Sea, the Black, of the the Black, Black Sea. sea. Yes. Like, would mm-hmm. you if you spoke 
um, Istanbul Turkish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that very understandable for the people mm-hmm. in the south? Or yes, yeah, yes. So it's the opposite of India because when I was chatting to Rohan about uh-huh. India, it was just like, nah, you can drop someone from the south and the north. They won't they get were, each other. Yeah. They just won't get <laughs> no. each other. So it's quite intelligible. Is it more like an accent then? It it is yes. So accent, but also um, certain, I guess, ways of um, saying words or different use of words uh, could play into it. Um, that's developed sort of in that maybe culture or region area over time. Um, Usually, uh, the um, standardized the, the Istanbul dialect I talk about it can it's, it will be understand everywhere in Turkey. It's just that um, the Istanbul dialect speakers may have trouble understanding ah, other dialects. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then, with the television. Uh, and movies that are mm-hmm. made in, in Turkey. Are most of them made with the Istanbul dialect then? Yes, yes, yes. Ah, mm-hmm, so, that's, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like in Australia where we can understand the Scottish really well because we watch mm-hmm. so much BBC and British TV. Yes. But yeah. why the Americans are like, wait, what? No, what's happening? <laughs> like, what, wait, what, what, what's happening? So, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So getting back to Azerbaijan. Uh-huh, yes. Um, so they do they still use the same alpha, the Latin alphabet? Mm, that's a, yeah, that's very interesting. So um, Azerbaijan, so that they have the Azerbaijani, um, but I, I believe they have. Correct me if I'm wrong. I guess I think it, it was three official alphabets that they used because there's also the influence from when they were under uh, Soviet yeah, the ruling. USSR. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So they also have um, the Cyrillic alphabet, but so in that regard, it's different. But uh, as uh, the the Turkish I speak and the Turkish and Azerbaijani person speakers or Azerbaijani um, Turkish, it's uh, I would say 99% um, intelligible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that 1% that I lose would probably just be the from the accent yeah. or the way they yeah. um, the speak. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Because, yeah, the um, – and uh, ex- expanding out from there, um, the – so the tu- the Turkish it falls under the Turkic um, language group. So um, and if we consider the Turkic language group, that accounts to over 170 million native speakers. Wow! Yeah. And um, this would encompass uh, over 35 uh, documented languages. So it's like it's it's interesting. We instead of saying Turkish, we would say like the Turkic. Turkic mm. languages because you then go into um, the Turkic that's spoken in uh, uh, from peoples of Eurasia from Eastern Europe to Southern Europe, Central Asia, East Asia, North Asia, specifically Siberia and West Asia. So it's, um, yes, uh, quite a it's lot quite of... a vast language. Yes, it's yes, it's yes. much bigger than I expected because I really mm. did only think that Turkish was spoken just in Turkey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I feel like my mind's been blown tonight. It's, uh-huh. it's way further spread than I thought it was. Oh, it's it's very interesting. I would, yes, definitely mm, agree with that. very cool. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess because, as we mentioned earlier, uh-huh. you speak a little bit of Japanese. Very little, yes. So yes. I'd love to um, talk about 
how learning Japanese mm-hmm. from having an understanding of English mm-hmm. and Turkish, mm-hmm. did Turkish make it easier for you to actually, like, were there similarities mm-hmm. with Japanese that made it a bit easier to learn? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, specifically, the the subject, object, verb order, um, because Japanese also has the subject, object, verb order, same as Turkish. So when I was taking classes um, um, uh, for Japanese, they were teaching us in English, but I would um, always, rather than thinking in English, I would in switch it. Yeah, I would <laughs> switch it up. Yeah, I would switch it up. I've got um, my trump card. I'm going to yeah. use it. <laughs> Definitely, yes. Um, and I would think in Turkish and then reply in in Japanese because that was so much easier. And I love the brain, like listening in English to the mm-hmm. English instructions, translating into Turkish and then spitting it out in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Like that is a three translation step in your brain. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's it's very like oh, a, oh like a, a simple example I could give of that is, for example, in English, um, if we want to say, uh, uh, I want to drink coffee, um, I would then be like, I want to drink coffee, uh, switch on, switch into Turkish. Uh, it would be coffee. I want to drink. Uh, so, and then I would reply, "Kohi onomimas." So love the Japanese. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You just, you just got this trump card of like, mm-hmm. I already have this hard concept to yeah. understand, down mm-hmm. packed, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna like, I'm gonna use it. That's so awesome. Yes. I love that. But. Yes. It's also so surprising that because Japanese is such a unique language mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that there's a language that's a bit more similar th- similar mm-hmm. than, than English. So that is quite shocking. But I guess we shall move on. Of course. To yes. la musique. Oh, the yes. The music is, section yes. of and the pop culture that's mm-hmm. coming out of Turkey mm-hmm. and some of the surrounding countries mm-hmm. at the moment. Of so course. what are you listening to? Uh-huh. I, I listen to a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, but something I'm very passionate about uh, uh, Turkish music-wise is the psychedelic Turkish rock scene. I love how specific that is. It's yes. like, no, the psychedelic psychedelic Turkish rock scene. Mm. Tell us about that. Yes. So in it's actually known as psychedelic Turkish rock only usually outside of Turkey. In Turkey, we like usually just refer it refer to it as Anatolian rock. Um, Is it quite popular? Oh, I would say yes, yes. Um, perhaps mm, the some of the Anatolian rock um, artists that I refer to will be from the sixties, seventies. Uh, yeah. So it may not, you know, it may be a bit more, maybe less popular with the modern age, you know, young youngsters. The young days, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, there's certainly been a revival when um, the um, records started becoming more um, trendy. Trendy, yes, yeah. yes. And I even uh, uh, realised it uh, myself in, in, in Melbourne when I was going to record stores and uh, surfing through records, I I could see many um, Turkish like 60s, 70s rock records that they had imported. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess there's uh, some sort of uh, demand for us. There's, there's yeah. demand for yeah. Turkish psychedelic rock music. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's really cool. Uh-huh. Um, what would you say is the most trending music at the moment? Like what 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 would young? Okay, we'll separate this into two categories. Uh-huh. 
what are the young people listening to mm-hmm. and what are the older people listening mm-hmm. to like what's what's popular mm, that's very interesting um younger people these days i would say um if they have Good music taste. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a mini roast, guys. Uh uh There's like great indie indie artists, indie music uh, scene um, in Turkey as well. Um, uh, One of my favorites is called Yüz Yüzeyken Kunuşuruz. so there's there's a great indie scene, um, but there's also I guess the more Turkish pop music scene, which I'm not so um, into myself. <laughs> but that's but it that's is popular. Okay. It but is it is popular. popular. What can I say? Mm-hmm. If the kids want to if listen, if the kids to that, want to listen to pop, yeah. the kids will listen to yes, pop. So be it. Um, that is fine. Music <laughs> is music. At the end of exactly. the day, uh huh. Um, but yes, the I guess people more so. Um, maybe into collecting records or a bit more nostalgic about music or, you know, the, um, I mean, people in my f- f- parents' generation may mm. be more into the 60s, 70s rock that I'm talking about because there is a lot of um, lot of great artists that emerged from the, that uh, those uh, days. Um, and, yeah, I, I could say if... Um, people would would be interested um some of my favorites are uh, Arkin Koray, uh Jem Karaja, Burish Mancho and Salda Bajan. Salda Bajan, she's a, a superwoman, awesome. She's like a um folk rock, psychedelic uh, folk, uh, protest music, um everything, a bit of everything. Um and apparently um uh, what was his name? Uh, Elijah uh, Wood. Elijah, <laughs> Elijah Wood, Wood is a is a fan of hers. Apparently. I love that. Uh, I love. I need to listen to her music. Uh huh. You got to yes. send me. You got to send me it after the interview. Of course. Um, do you have a favorite song? Oh, from Sadawajan. Oh, you, you could pick top three. Top, top three. three. That is very hard. Oh my, okay, like, how about how uh-huh. about if you had to show somebody a song of hers for the first time, mm. which song would you pick? Oh, I think one of the most popular ones by her is Gesi Balere. Gesi mm. Balere. Um, and but a second favorite of mine would be Adaletin Bumudunya. It's yes. Mm. Well, there we go. There are some <laughs> Turkish song recommendations. Go and check them out, mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. And would you also love to chat a bit about the film, like a favorite film or TV show that's currently spoken mm-hmm. in Turkish? Like, it doesn't matter if it aired all the way in the 1990s, because that's all I've been watching lately uh-huh. <laughs> for myself, or if it's modern and new. Or like, if mm-hmm. you had to sit down and chill out, mm-hmm. and you're, t- um, what's it called? And I don't know. English is being switched off for some reason. It's not for, it's not working, and you have to pick a Turkish film or TV show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you watching? Uh, see, I um, I do like my um, the um, I'm a bit of a cinephile in that <laughs> regard. So I do I am very picky with what I choose. But uh, if if people are into um, into art house films, one um, really famous director filmmaker from Turkey is called Nuri Bilge Ceylan, 
And actually, one of his films will be screening at the Melbourne International Film Ooh, Festival. Very exciting. Yeah. So um, if they're into that, then definitely Nuri Bilye Jailan is one. Um, but there are a couple of interesting uh, uh, TV series on Netflix as well, Turkish uh, TV series. Um, um, if you, I think, just write Turkish, a you'll lot find of them. Come you'll up. find them. Um, uh, Love 101 was an interesting one that I watched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Danset, mm-hmm. for course. being interviewed about Turkish. This has been very cool, very eye opening. Because uh-huh. I must admit, Turkish, I don't think about it that often. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, um, and I think because even though a lot of people do speak it, mm-hmm. I just don't come in contact with Turkish people that often. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's like a mystical language. It's oh. like a unicorn. Uh-huh. It's like when you find this, I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's yes. so cool. Yes, I'm um, a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we found the unicorn uh-huh. and Jan said she uh-huh. is the unicorn. Um, but I believe that coming up next after this will be some awesome um, music uh, from Central Asia that mm-hmm. will also fe- feature some really cool Turkish music that mm-hmm. I hope you've put on from after this conversation because mm-hmm. this will reinforce how cool it is to go and check out awesome so yes. we'll do so yes awesome so yes thank you so much Janset, for thank coming you. along thank and you. thank you everyone for listening and have a great rest of your day thank you so much hello everyone and welcome back to languages week i hope you've been enjoying our week so far and for this special edition i'm speaking to Janset, who has a Turkish background who's here to talk to us today a bit about Turkish and the languages around Turkish because they're all very interconnected but to start hello Janset how are you hi uh, Georgie I'm uh, more than fine yourself <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it so let's start with you were born and raised in Turkey right mm-hmm. so how long did you spend in Turkey before coming to Australia mm-hmm. yes so I was um born in Ankara, the the capital, and I was in Turkey uh, till uh, 2007, so till I was about um, seven. Um, And I, yes, so after that I came to Australia when I was seven and um, yes, English was my second language actually, yeah. Wow, wow. Did you find, as a kid, did you find English hard to learn? Oh, definitely, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, because they are very different languages, very different. Um, but uh, because I, I was young, uh, you know, your brain's like a sponge when Malleable. you're young. Yes, yes. So that um, uh, it didn't take too long to learn. But yes, I remember I was using sign language at uh, times <laughs> and trying to gesture, gesture to things. Um, so it was a bit of a rocky road, but I you got, got there. It. You yes. got there. Yes. So... Would you say that Turkish for you is mainly spoken at home and stuff and speaking to relatives? Yes, yes. So I only speak Turkish at home with my family. Um, but yeah, um, and uh, if a few of my Turkish friends, I don't have <laughs> many. Um, uh, but yes, outside of that, it's just, um, yeah, just at home. Yeah. Is um, out of interest, is there a huge Turkish community in Melbourne? There is, there is, um, and I'm aware they do like um, events, uh, cultural events and things like that, um, but yes, uh, it can take a while to integrate into those communities. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, let's get into some of the nitty-gritty of, course. of Turkish. So, mm-hmm. I guess the main thing is to start is, 
what would you say is the most different thing about Turkish compared to English? Like if there's one thing that you can pinpoint or just even just start with, would you say it's the tenses? Would you say, do you guys have verb conjugations, the word order? Or like what would be so difficult for an English speaker to learn Turkish that's so so different from English? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. I can list a few things. Um, I would say... One of the um, biggest differences is that Turkish is an agglutinative language. So that's like a big fancy word, but that basically means um, the meaning of a word can be understood by breaking it down to a base word and its word endings. So Mm. uh, because of this in Turkish, there can be some very long words mm. uh i wonder what the long like the record for the longest turkish uh-huh. word is actually I, i'm gonna google that whilst you keep going of course and you may not even have to google it <gasps> I you've already to. googled it yourself you're <laughs> yes. prepared yes. i love that um so i could um yes try to say it i may butcher it but um, good luck yes so this is the longest word in turkish um used in a text and it has 70 letters um, 70, oh my God. Yes, yes. It's derived from the noun, um, so this is the base word, muvafakiet, which means mm-hmm. success. And uh, I'll say it, the, the whole Good luck, thing. you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> so it's it starts off like this. Muvafakiet sizleştiricileştiri veremeyebileceklerimizden misçesiniz cesine. Oh, you didn't even, you didn't take a breath. No, you don't. Oh my God. <laughs> you don't when you say this, really. It's uh, No. Uh-huh. You would need, you need to take, okay, quickly before this conversation. <gasps> just to get, just get the word out. Oh my gosh, it's so long. Yes. Oh, it's, um, it's, uh, and the meaning is also very uh, weird. It's a bit interesting. It uh, um, translates to, and you say this in many words in English, whereas it's just one word in Turkish. It translates to, as though you're from those whom we may not be able to easily make into a maker of unsex- unsuccessful ones. So, I don't even know what that means that in English. I don't even. I don't <laughs> that, know. That is so hyper specific. Yep. Yes. And yep. like, no, nah, Turkish is like, no, nah, that's uh-huh. one word. Uh-huh. That yep. is one word. Yeah. But that that is really cool, uh-huh. though. Uh-huh. That is really cool. Yes. So does, would you say that means that the language has a lot of creativity then? Ah, uh, yes, definitely. And you'd have to, um, sometimes you really have to think before you say, because um, you have to think about the... Uh, the preceding, you know, uh, prefixes, suffixes, like all the um, different um, uh, words that you add to make that meaning. Um, whereas in English, you can just use many words to say the same thing. So I think that's one thing that um, people who may be coming from an English background and then learning Turkish, they would probably find that to be the hardest. Um, but yes, other than that, there's the um, the the language order. So in, in Turkish, it's subject, object, verb order, yeah. directly opposite uh, English. Um, and also uh, there's, uh, I guess, the vowel harmonies that 
could be difficult and also um, there's a lack of grammatical gender so there's no gender in Turkish which I find to be that's awesome. Nice. That's yeah. nice though like mm-hmm. compared to someone who started learning a romance language mm-hmm. that that sounds like a dream. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like we've got to worry about the prefixes and the suffixes but mm-hmm. guess what there's no gender. Uh-huh, Yay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I, I think you're referring to French. I am there. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So then, that's interesting then. So would you, wait, does, what alphabet is Turkish currently using? Uh Uh-huh. That is, so uh, Turkey, um, the, uh, uses the, um, Turkish uses the Latin script writing system. With accents or without accents? Uh, There are accents, yes. Mm -hmm. I'll get into those a bit as well. Awesome. Yeah, but actually this writing uh, system, the Latin script um, was brought in under the writing reform in 1928. So it's... it was part of um, Ataturk's uh, program of modernization to achieve uh, uh, dem- democratization and secularization of the language. Before this, Turkish was written in the Arabic script. And until the 15th century, the Anatolian Turks used the Uyghur Uga script to write Turkish. So this was... Wow, there's been three alphabet yeah, changes. Wow. Quite a few changes, definitely. And um, the if we get into the nitty gritties, uh, mm. Turkish has eight wa- vowels. Mm. Um, so, you know, a, there's the A-E-I-O-U, but um, we say, for example, we say A-E-U-I-O-E-U. These are some of the ones. And 20 consonants, um, some of the different ones in here are, so if we have for C, we have J, and we also have CH. Um, for G, we have G, and also H. Um, Wait, that, that's also a G sound. Yes, G. Yeah, with, a, with, an, um, with an accent, so it ah, has a different, yeah. um, maybe it has a, a hat, we say. Maybe a little a, hat. A little tail. Um, yes, and the S is, uh, we have S or SH as well. So it's, there's some different um, sounding things in yeah, there. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. There's a variety. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that Turkish is phonetic? Like if you could read read, read a book mm-hmm. that and you stumble across a word you've never seen before. And I imagine that's actually quite a lot, seeing as how many suffixes and prefixes you can add on and create a whole bunch mm-hmm. of words. Mm-hmm. Is it quite phonetic to read? Oh, yes, I would definitely say um, you can uh, you can speak some you can say something the way you read it um uh so it's usually it's very uh, simple in that regard I know this is actually something I struggled with when I was learning English in that you don't always it's not phonetic yeah yeah so uh, as a native English speaker uh I struggled with it like I had I had to um because what I was taught in kindergarten was oh you just Mm -hmm. sound it out Mm -hmm. you don't sound it out that's not how spelling works in English like no, sorry, continue. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I, I 100% agree because it was, um, yes, something I struggled with myself. And um, I think maybe on the good side for people who would be interested in learning Turkish, yeah. being phonetic would be helpful. Would be so nice. Yeah. So nice. So getting into some of the tenses, mm-hmm. because... English, like, okay, if you've got Chinese, mm-hmm. which only do, doesn't really have tenses and they mm-hmm. kind of just use le mm-hmm. 
um, to indicate stuff. And then you've got French on the other end and some of the other Romance languages that really do like to have a few more than English mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and be quite specific about it. Does Turkish have any other tenses that English doesn't have or do they have more tenses or less tenses or what's what's the tense situation mm. in Turkish? That's uh, interesting. I, hmm, I wouldn't know what it's called, um, you know, in, in the linguistics terms. That's all anything. good. You can you can just give an uh-huh. example. That that's uh-huh. all it needs. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's usually like the um, tense, um, like the you refer to. We we don't really have we don't really have a word that. Directly. Oh, like direct articles? Yes, yes, yes. So we wouldn't have... It sort of follows um, when you say a noun or something. Like it, usually it follows through from that. Um, and uh, we well, we may say or, but the or is like that. Mm. Um, but uh, I think that's the common one. But there's no um, word that's directly translates into Turkish as the, I would say. Yeah, yeah, so it sounds like you guys don't really have a direct object pronoun, I think mm. is the linguistics term for that. So, for instance, in English and in French before, especially in French, mm-hmm. like I can't just say that, you know, oh, I study chemistry. Mm-hmm. Normally, you really would need to put like, oh, I study the chemistry uh-huh. in in French um, mm-hmm. because they they like their direct object pronouns. Oh, okay. Or also in English, a direct object pronoun could be um, when you're referring to something that's already been referred to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to avoid repetition, like I might say, oh, um, yeah, the water bottle over there, mm-hmm. and someone will be like, oh, where is it? Oh, yeah. It's over there. So mm-hmm. I replace the water bottle with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that can be the direct object pronoun, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. So you guys don't you guys don't have the? No. You guys no. don't have the? No. That's no. interesting. <laughs> do you guys have A? Like A and N? Um, A and N. Because that, that's the indirect object pronoun. Like, would you have, like, in a sentence, would you have to say, oh, yeah, I ate an apple? Mm-hmm. Or how would that, how would, would you have, would you, do you need that A there, that no, N there? No, no, we, no, we um, don't, so we, you, I think we just say, um, so I ate an apple would be uh, elma yedim, uh, which is just el- elma, apple, yedim, ate. Uh, like no I? No, uh, well you could say um, I ate an apple, but um ban elmayedim it sounds a bit awkward yeah it's so interesting yeah it that just actually reminds me of a japanese um from yeah, she also speaks a bit of japanese very people. little very sukoshi sukoshi very <laughs> little um but yes they also um don't use the i sort of um um you don't really have to use i at the start of a sentence you can directly say and it will follow on that you're referring to yourself gather it by context yes 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 so yeah it Elma yedim. I ate an apple. Interesting. Yeah. So Turkish doesn't look like it has its direct or indirect objects. That's oh. really cool. That's really interesting. Mm. Um, so I think, do you, have you now, for people listening, Genset has been awesome and has prepared a whole bunch of stuff for this interview. <laughs> so is there any stuff that I haven't covered grammatically before we get into um, exploring the Turkish language outside of Turkey that you would love to cover? Oh, I think grammatically wise, we are all good for that front. We're all good yes, to go. Well, yes. then let's dive in to uh, this old conversation we have because mm-hmm. it was it was so cool that mm-hmm. 
Turkish in Turkey is quite mm-hmm. a modern form mm-hmm. of Turkish, mm-hmm. but the Turkish that's still being spoken in other countries is quite, I don't want to say old-fashioned because it isn't old-fashioned, mm-hmm. but it isn't at the modern level that mm-hmm. current Turkish in Turkey is. So mm-hmm. I'd love if you could speak on the difference in Turkish spoken in Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. Or I think, doesn't Georgia speak a little bit of it as well? Uh, or some of the countries that mm-hmm. Turkish is also spoken in? Or even mm-hmm. the surrounding languages because mm-hmm. that's another combo too. Mm-hmm. I, Georgia, I believe they have their own the language. They might be a minority language uh, there, but yes, I I'm certainly sure for Azerbaijan, they have the Azerbaijani um, Turkish. and uh, But yes, it's very interesting um, because, yes, so when I talk about Turkish, um, I'm usually talking about the standardised uh, variety based on the di- dialect of Istanbul because mm. even um, if I were to, uh, to delve into the other dialects, there are around 200 um, wow. Turkish dialects in Turkey in alone. Turkey. Yes. How how intelligible are they? So, like, let's just say you mm. went out of the city uh-huh. and you went to, I don't know, a southern beach. Uh, the Black Sea. Coast the Black, the the Black, Black Sea. sea. Yes. Like, would mm-hmm. you, if you spoke um, Istanbul Turkish, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that very understandable for the people mm-hmm. in the south? Or Yes. Yeah, yes. So it's the opposite of India. Because when I was chatting to Rohan uh-huh. about India, it was just like, nah, you can drop someone from the south and the north. They won't they get were, each other. Yeah. They just won't get <laughs> no. each other. So it's quite intelligible. Is it more like an accent then? It it is yes. So accent, but also um, certain, I guess, ways of um, saying words or different use of words uh, could play into it. Um, that's developed sort of in that maybe culture or region area over time. Um, Usually, uh, the um, standardized this, the Istanbul dialect I talk about it can it it will be understand everywhere in Turkey. It's just that um, the Istanbul dialect speakers may have trouble understanding ah, other dialects. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then, with the television. Uh, and movies that are mm-hmm. made in, in Turkey. Are most of them made with the Istanbul dialect then? Yes, yes, yes. Ah, mm-hmm. so, that's, so it's kind of like in Australia where we can understand the Scottish really well because we watch mm-hmm. so much BBC and British TV. Yes. But yes. why the Americans are like, wait, what? No, what's happening? <laughs> like, what, wait, what, what, what's happening? So, yeah. oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So getting back to Azerbaijan. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so they do they still use the same alpha, the Latin alphabet? Mm, that's a, yeah, that's very interesting. So um, Azerbaijan, so that they have the Azerbaijani, um, but I, I believe they have. Correct me if I'm wrong. I guess I think it, it was three official alphabets that they used because there's also the influence from when they were under uh, Soviet Yeah, the USSR. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So they also have um, the Cyrillic alphabet. But so in that regard, it's different. But uh, as uh, the the Turkish I speak and the Turkish and Azerbaijani person speakers or Azerbaijani um, Turkish, it's... Uh, I would say 99% um, intelligible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And that 1% that I lose would probably just be the from the accent or the way they um, they speak. Um, Interesting. Yeah, because yeah, the um, and uh, expanding out from there, um, the. So the the Turkish it falls under the Turkic um, language group. 
So, um, and if we consider the Turkic language group, that accounts to over 170 million native speakers. Wow, yeah. And um, this would encompass uh, over 35 uh, documented languages. So it's like, it's, it's interesting. We, instead of saying Turkish, we would say like the Turkic, Turkic mm. languages, because you then go into um, the Turkic that's spoken in uh, uh, from peoples of Eurasia, from Eastern Europe to Southern Europe, Central Asia, East Asia, North Asia, specifically Siberia and West Asia. So it's, um, yes, uh, quite a it's lot quite of... quite a vast language. Yes, it's yes, it's yes. much bigger than I expected because I really mm-hmm. did only think that Turkish was spoken just in Turkey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I feel like my mind's been blown tonight. It's uh-huh. it's way further spread than I thought it was. Oh, it's it's very interesting. I would yes, definitely mm, agree. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. So and I guess because as we mentioned earlier, uh-huh. you speak a little bit of Japanese. Very little, yes. So I'd love to um, talk about how learning Japanese mm-hmm. from having an understanding of English mm-hmm. and Turkish, mm-hmm. did Turkish make it easier for you to actually, like, were there similarities mm-hmm. with Japanese that made it a bit easier to learn? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, specifically, the the subject-object-verb order, um, because Japanese also has the subject-object-verb order, same as Turkish. So when I was taking classes... Um, um, uh, for Japanese, they were teaching us in English, but I would um, always, rather than thinking in English, You're I thinking would in Turkish. switch it. Yeah, mm. I would you switch it up. Yeah, I would switch it up. I've got um, my trump card. I'm going to yeah. use it. <laughs> Definitely, yes. Um, and I would think in Turkish and then reply in in Japanese because that was so much easier. And I love the brain, like listening in English to the mm-hmm. English instructions translating into Turkish and then spitting it out in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Like that is a three translation step in your brain. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's very like, oh a, my gosh. like a, a simple example I could give of that is for example, in English, um, if we want to say, uh, uh, I want to drink coffee. Um, I would then be like, I want to drink coffee. Uh, switch on switch into turkish uh it would be coffee i want to drink uh, so and then i would reply kohi onomimas so love the japanese that. Yeah. i love that <laughs> i love that you just you just got this trump card of like mm-hmm. i already have this hard concept to yeah. understand down packed mm-hmm. and you're just gonna like i'm gonna use it that's so awesome yes. i love that but yes. it's also so surprising that because japanese is such a unique language mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that there's a language that's a bit more similar similar mm-hmm. than, than English. So that is quite shocking. But I guess we shall move on. Of course. To yes. la musique. Oh, the yes. The music section yes. of and the pop culture that's mm-hmm. coming out of Turkey mm-hmm. and some of the surrounding countries mm-hmm. at the moment. Of so course. what are you listening to? Uh-huh. I, I listen to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I'm very passionate about, uh, uh, Turkish music-wise, is the psychedelic Turkish rock scene. I love how specific that is. It's yes. like, no, the psychedelic psychedelic Turkish rock scene. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yes. So in it's actually known as psychedelic Turkish rock only usually outside of Turkey. In Turkey, we like usually just refer it refer to it as Anatolian rock. Um, Is it quite popular? Oh, I would say yes, yes. Um, perhaps 
Mm, the some of the Anatolian rock um, artists that I refer to will be from the 60s, 70s. Uh, yeah. So it may not, you know, it may be a bit more, maybe less popular with the modern age, you know, young youngsters. The youngsters. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, there's certainly been a revival when um, the... Um, Records started becoming more um, trendy. Trendy, yes, yeah. yes. And I even uh, uh, realized it uh, myself in, in in Melbourne when I was going to record stores and uh, surfing through records. I I could see many um, Turkish like sixties, seventies rock records that they had imported. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess there's uh, some sort of uh, demand for us. There's, there's yeah. demand for yeah. Turkish psychedelic rock music. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's really cool. Uh huh. Um, what would you say is the most trending music at the moment? Like what 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 would young? Okay, we'll separate this into two categories. Uh huh. What are the young people listening to, mm-hmm. and what are the older people listening mm-hmm. to? Like what's what's popular? Mm, that's very very interesting um younger people these days i would say um if they have good music taste <laughs> yeah. um, he's a mini rose guys uh-huh. Uh-huh. there's like great indie um indie artists indie music uh scene um in turkey as well um uh, one of my favorites is called yüz yüzeyken konuşuruz um so there's there's a great indie scene, um, but there's also I guess the more Turkish pop music scene, which I'm not so um, into myself. <laughs> but that's but it that's is popular. Okay. It but is it is popular. popular. What can I say? Mm-hmm. If the kids want to if listen, if the kids want to that, listen to pop, yeah. the kids will listen to yeah, pop. So be it. Um, that is fine. Music <laughs> is music. At the end of exactly. the day, exactly. Uh huh. Um, but yes, the I guess people more so. Um, maybe into collecting records or a bit more nostalgic about music or, you know, the, um, I mean, people in my f- f- parents' generation may mm. be more into the 60s, 70s rock that I'm talking about because there is a lot of um, lot of great artists that emerged from the, that uh, those uh, days. Um, and, yeah, I, I could say if... Um, people would would be interested um some of my favorites are uh, Arkin Koray, uh Jem Karaja, Burish Mancho and Salda Bajan. Salda Bajan, she's a, a superwoman, awesome. She's like a um folk rock, psychedelic uh, folk uh, protest music, um everything, a bit of everything. Um and apparently um uh, what was his name? Uh, Elijah uh, Wood. Elijah, <laughs> Elijah Wood, Wood is a is a fan of hers. I apparently. love that. Uh, I love. I need to listen to her music uh-huh. now. You got to yes. send me. You got to send me it after the interview. Of course. Um, do you have a favorite song by oh, her? From Sad oh, from Sadawajan. Oh, you, you could pick top three. Top, top three. three. That is very hard. Oh my, okay. okay. How about how about if you had to show somebody a song of hers for the first time, mm. which song would you pick? Oh, I think one of the most popular ones by her is Gesi Balara. Gesi mm. Balara. Um, and but a second favorite of mine would be Adaletin Bumudunya. 
It's yes. Mm. Well, there we go. There are some <laughs> Turkish song recommendations. Go and check them out, people. Mm-hmm. And would you also love to chat a bit about the film, like a favorite film or TV show that's currently spoken in Turkish? Like, it doesn't matter if it aired all the way in the 1990s, because that's all I've been watching lately uh-huh. <laughs> for myself, or if it's modern and new. Or like, if you had to sit down and chill out, mm-hmm. and you're, um, what's it called? And I don't know. The English is being switched off for some reason. It's not for, it's not working, and you have to pick a Turkish film or TV show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you watching? Uh, see, I um, I do like my um, the um, I'm a bit of a cinephile in that <laughs> regard. So I do I am very picky with what I choose. But uh, if if people are into um, into art house films, one um, really famous director filmmaker from Turkey is called Nuri Bilge Ceylan, and actually one of his films will be screening at the Melbourne International Film Ooh, Festival. Very exciting! Yeah, so um, if they're into that, then definitely Nuri Bilge Ceylan is one. Um, but there are a couple of interesting. Uh, uh, TV series on Netflix as well, Turkish uh, TV series. Um, um, if you, I think, just write Turkish, you'll find them. You'll up. find them. Um, uh, Love 101 was an interesting one that I watched. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Janset, mm-hmm. for course. being interviewed about Turkish. This has been very cool, very eye opening. Because uh-huh. I must admit, Turkish, I don't think about it that often. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, um, and I think because even though a lot of people do speak it, mm-hmm. I just don't come in contact with Turkish people that often. Mm-hmm. So it's like a mystical language. It's oh. like a unicorn. Uh-huh. It's like when you finally saw it, it's like, oh, that's so cool, that's yes. so cool. Yes, I'm um, a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we found the unicorn uh-huh. and Jan said she uh-huh. is the unicorn. Um, but I believe that coming up next after this will be some awesome um, music uh, from Central Asia that mm-hmm. will also fe- feature some really cool Turkish music that I hope you've put on from after this conversation because mm-hmm. this will reinforce how cool it is to go and check out awesome we will do so yes awesome so yes thank you so much Janset for coming along and thank you everyone for listening and have a great rest of your day thank you so much